Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? Derek, we are with our friends over at Addie's, uh, so we got to give a quick shout out so that we don't get harassed anymore by Tyler <laughs> for our sponsorship with them. So we are, of course, doing a, another interview in their tasting room, and we appreciate their hospitality tenfold. Uh, but we should start with introductions for today's guests, and then if you guys have titles or just a1 and a2 uh for the operation then we can go that route but uh yeah i figure we can dive into things and then just talk about how this whole thing came about awesome i'll let dan start because you're the president right yeah i guess technically i am the president of the company i guess so yeah Yeah, um dan chrisman i'm president of cuvee imports uh we are a small uh family owned well we're practically family right we we own some people say we're like a married couple. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we Same with of, us. We bicker like one. So. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So um, we, we're a small company, just the two of us. We started this about uh, about five years ago, and um, we focus on small family-owned properties, uh, mostly organic, biodynamic, um, all with generational uh, history on the properties that mm. they farm on. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Eric Frick. Uh, so, yeah, we... Um, we started this thing five years ago and um, kind of in a weird way, too, right? And we just we ran into each other at Wegmans. Um, I think it was that one, like, next door, actually. It might have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, weird. So, Full circle. Yeah, Dan and I have known each other for a long time, but um, we got our we, we knew each other through, like, the photography business mm. and um, worked at the same studio. And uh, I was kind of fed up with my career in, in my business. I felt like I needed something else. I was doing like, uh, photography and video. And, um, so I moved to France, took my family there. Um, and on one of my trips back, cause I was flying back and forth from my photography business, ran into him in the produce department at Wegmans. And he was a distributor at the time or a sales rep for a distributor, wine distributor. And um, one of the big guys. We'll, we won't name any names. Mm-hmm. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And no free shout-outs here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to. They don't. They don't need. Any help. They don't need any help. Trust no. me. Um, yeah. So that's it. We we uh, we sort of hatched the plan there. Kind of talked about our kind of where we were at, and um, so yeah, it's, that's how it started. It was it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. So you know, we're a uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize where wine comes from, mm-hmm. right? And like the process of like how it gets to these store shelves, you know. So for us. Uh, you know, we're the, we're the importer. We're the guys that go and find it, 
we we find it at the source and then we bring it over and then from there we it goes to, through a distri distributor and then onto restaurants and retailers uh, but we're the like you know we're the entry you know we're the we go out and find the wines from from producers and and a lot of times we find them there we travel to europe and that's where we meet these families and taste their wines and uh you know, we're fortunate, I guess, that for such a young company that these families have trusted us. Sure. You know, because this isn't just their livelihood. This is their, like, you know, this is their identity, mm -hmm. their, their family history. Some yeah. of these going back, you know, so in some cases, hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So um, for them to trust a couple of guys from Buffalo is kind of cool. Yeah. I joke around, like, with, with customers all the time that, like, you know, I, we're basically friends with farmers. And, you know, these people are literally just working the earth every day you mm -hmm. know and they, they uh they don't know anybody else in the united states in most instances we are their only importer in in uh in the united states and um you know they're just happy to be doing business outside of their own market that's wild yeah. so you guys talked about how you kind of met through photography and kind of went to school for it specialized in it what was the conversation like between both of you where you're like you know what let's drop our jobs let's get into wine importing but not even just regular wine importing but super specialized wine importing where we have to find the wineries what was that conversation like how did that get started oh you mean like what, what did i tell my wife is that what you're, <laughs> yeah. is that what you're asking well I, I i actually remember very well like running into him because um, i don't think i saw i don't think i saw you in like a long time but when i when we worked together um at this uh photo studio dan always worked in restaurants so he had restaurant, he had a restaurant background. Yeah, even when I was a photographer, I okay. was always like a waiter or a bartender or something along the lines of that. Yeah, gotcha. And then when I and I went to France, I started um, shooting for Wine Spectator magazine. So my original plan was just to go to France for a year and just for a different experience. I just wanted to get out of what I was doing. Um, just for a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. So I went to rural France. So it was like uh, an hour west of, um, or east of the city of Bordeaux. Okay. So Bordeaux wine country, you know, so a lot of people know Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. Bordeaux is pretty famous in the world for wine. And I lived in a, you know, a stone house surrounded by vineyards. And it just happened to be a, a vineyard, the one that I could basically took walks around which was right outside my window was a um organic and biodynamic farm and i this is where my idea came i was like this is cool like so for the first time i started to understand where wine comes from mm -hmm. like it changed from being a product to being like oh this is like watching somebody work the vines and produce this thing that they were passionate about then i was started thinking okay well i got a marketing background i've been working in advertising for you know 20 years maybe i can do something maybe i can help right plus i loved wine mm -hmm. you know i mean at the end of my uh, when we would wrap photo shoots i always had bottles of wine on set i'm like okay it's time and i'd bring stuff and it was a lot of fun because i like to talk about it and um, but uh, and I was shooting for Wine Spectator magazine while I was living there, 
Um, so one year turned into seven years. Wow. Yeah. I was still conducting my photography business, which I still do. Um, but while I was there, I was shooting for Wine Spectator. And then there's um, Decanter Magazine's uh, based out of London. Uh, so I got to meet people. Sure. I used to, you know, I would meet some big players in the wine world. And the more I was around wine, the more I wanted to be involved in it. And then I ran into Dan, and he was frustrated with his job. I wanted to get into wine, didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I believe that day we just sort of decided, like, let's well, start talking about it. We did start talking about it. But at first it was, uh, you know, I, I was in a pretty cushy job, though, too, you know, where I was at. So um, he had approached me about becoming a um basically a broker so he he wasn't you weren't moving back from france yet no i wasn't planning on moving back so what ended up happening was um you know i was going to help him you know broker these brands essentially or figure out how to be a broker in the united states um so i started doing some research and then um i was talking to another friend of mine who i worked with and we were um we're just you know eating lunch one day and we're like why are we, you know, talking about helping this guy be a broker? Why don't we just start an import company? Mm-hmm. So that we originally had a third partner, and um, right before we launched, um, you know, he had a he was he had a young family, mm-hmm. and I think he got some cold feet, and that's fine. You know, I don't hold it against him. You know, he was he was smart. Is yeah. what he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What's yeah. the difference between a broker and an import company, just for everybody and us? So a broker would be like... <laughs> I won't try to yeah. put it on our listeners. There's I don't so know what everyone else knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, obviously, but for everyone else. Well, like for... So I could have... If I stayed there, I could have found um, producers, winemakers, that n- were looking for importers, and I would do that work for them for a, for a commission, right? Okay. So. I would take a cut of the sale to an importer. So my what I was going to do was to look for U.S. importers for these wineries, and because I, you know, because I'm American, it would be conceivably easier for some of these producers who don't speak English mm. or they don't have the sort of the wherewithal to have to want to have to deal with because it's a you know it's not easy you know from their standpoint. It's a lot easier now with you know. Um, uh, you know, I think the digital world has maybe changed that quite a bit. You know, in the past, you might have to, like, you know, get in your uh, yeah. Fiat and drive around the countryside and go from, like, winery to winery. But it, it's not necessary these days. So know? now are you guys doing brokering and importing now, or no. do you work with somebody over there? Yeah, no, I mean, the main difference is, you know, a broker doesn't deal with uh, everyday logistics mostly. Okay. They, you know, they're just, they're kind of a brand ambassador in a sense. Gotcha. So when we did start, you know, don't get me wrong, we didn't, you know, we didn't actually bring any product over ourselves until probably, what was that, late 2017? 2018 was our first so, I mean, we, we launched our company in 2015, and for the first year, we sat around and waited for the government to give us licensing, you know, yep. Sounds typical, right. yeah. you know. Yeah. And then and um, we also didn't quit our jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. So I didn't sure. leave my other job right away, obviously. You know, yeah. That would have been suicide. Someday obviously. we might pay ourselves. <laughs> right. We're not sure. <laughs> Eventually. Someday. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, um, 
we we uh, started out as a broker for a couple brands, um, and initially we were working with Serto uh, Brothers when they were in mm. business, and we were brokering about uh, six, seven brands with them somewhere in that yeah. ballpark, all French. Um, they're great brands. We've since brought some of them back into our import side. Um, others we've just kind of let fall to the wayside, and you know we we still love them. They're just mm-hmm. they just don't fit in our portfolio right now. You know, fascinating. So. The license, what is the licensing like? Because it's separate from what I believe we're used to with restaurants, bars, liquor stores, mm-hmm. and then like the, the beer stores, right? So yeah. how does that work with you guys and the feds, basically? Because I don't even, is it a state thing or is it a fe- is it you can't do the federal? Yeah, you, you can't yeah. do anything until you get what they call the federal basic permit. Yeah. And this is the, this is the part of it, you know, like everything about wine is like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's sexy right yeah it's like super sexy yeah it's like food and wine i mean come on this is romance you know and then you get into the business and your first thing you know you're realizing is like fuck you know you gotta deal with like first you gotta get that license you know and then the state of course the state is a you know the the license itself for an import license is 750 bucks not that bad Mm -hmm. but to get it we paid like four grand to a consultant right you know yeah who's essentially you know they make you feel like it's indispensable you're in, like it like you need it right yeah we probably did yeah probably i mean did. it's I, probably I, worth yeah yeah, I, yeah. I'd, say, I, not, I'd say we're, we, we didn't need it but you know we were yeah you know it was a right growing pains as, as a business you know yeah. um i mean don't get me wrong the, those guys that do those things with the sla they're great and they expedite things i'm sure but you know we i'm not dan loves the sla right i'm not yeah i love it <laughs> um yeah uh but you know they're not entirely necessary um you know if if you wait you can get uh the licensing in due time in fact we're applying for a different license right now um we applied in november and Mm -hmm. you know we're hoping it'll come through in march for what maybe so right now we have uh just an importer's license and that allows us to sell to uh, already licensed distributors in the state. Um, and then they obviously sell to stores and restaurants mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, what we applied for is a wine uh, wholesaling license. And this will allow us to sell directly to a store and a oh, restaurant. Okay. Um, we're not looking to you know, um, move away from any of the markets we already have. We're looking to actually just um, expand our our fingerprint in in the markets that we don't have a good example of that is rochester you know we did it mostly to start for rochester we want to start self-distributing in there so that means that you guys have to grow right i mean you guys can't do that yourself we will at first we will good yeah. for you we'll be uh dan and i'll be driving around warehouse guys yeah. delivery guys yeah. uh, you know order takers yeah <laughs> administration <laughs> hr yeah. We'll have meeting once a week. <laughs> we don't. Are you still okay? I can't. I'm, I can't we can, I can drive a forklift. We're just not allowed to drive it, right? Yeah, <laughs> in our warehouse, right? Um, and that's not. You know, I can drive a forklift. You I'm guys not saying. While we're talking, yeah, go let's for do it. it. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. You can, 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 can talk my forklift. Dan likes to give me a, a hard time because I have a warehouse experience from when I was in college. I you was do? working in a warehouse. Oh, yeah. You've yeah. never mentioned yeah. that before. Yeah. I always I give him a hard time because of the way he, like you can't handle like the you know a pallet jack mm-hmm. very well and doesn't wrap the pallets like tight enough you know sure. so. every time we're in the warehouse did I ever tell you I worked in a warehouse 
That's fantastic. <laughs> it's like every time we get in front of like a crowd of, of people, you know, for a dinner or something, he's like, I used to live in France. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you, so what are you opening right now? What is your, is this your go-to? Do you have a go-to? This is a starter for us. Love it. So, this is actually, oh, okay, that. this is great. This is exactly what he deserves. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'll grab it. I mean, no, that's all right. What you kind know, of a professional are you? We're good. I know, you know. <laughs> professional. Are I you? mean, what? <laughs> Hopefully the camera's got that. I hope so, too. That's what happens when you get too excited. Love it. Well, your question you. was um, <laughs> go to. So, I, yeah, let's. Um, we're probably going to jump around a little bit, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. jump around. This yeah. So um, one of the – this is actually a great um, producer to talk about. Um, and I guess this is this is like kind of – this is great for us because this is a producer that's been producing for um, – they've been making wine in Alsace for over 300 years. So this is an old French family. That's insane. Yeah. And um, so the family is Catan. Uh, Joseph Catan is the, the, the winery. They're um, pretty, pretty big because they're an old family. Yeah, um, why don't you put that next to you, please. Thank and you. The, um, um, the youngest generation of that family, so their main wine is already distributed in the, in the U.S. by other distributors, um, some fairly big, you know, big ones. But they're the newest generation, the youngest generation of the Catan family wanted to um, start converting to organic. Um, so they've converted some of their vineyards to organic, and they didn't have a distributor for that range. And we met them, and we were like, we want that. Hmm. And we had to wait because they were under contract with a wine club um, who had like exclusive yeah. national distribution. So we had to wait till that contract was up, and we basically said, you know, we'd love to have you. So that's what we got. So, so this is, um, it's, it's a great example of, like, a, a lot of our wineries where, um, you know, we'll meet them at some point, and we'll love them, and, and usually, hopefully, they love us as well mm -hmm. off the get-go. Um, and we'll start negotiating and talking, and then there's always some other bigger player because we're just you know we're small importer we're small guys you know so there'll be some big mega importer that will also be talking to them and they'll have to realize you know do we have the volume will we be lost in their portfolio are they going to give us the attention we need that sort of thing so we often start conversations with wineries and then don't see any of their wine for two three years sometimes mm -hmm. So the organic aspect of it, was that a market that you saw needed to be tapped or was is that just a passion of yours that you wanted to stick with organic? Yeah, I mean, I think that we just... Um, cheers. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course, thank you. So that's nice, right? That's a... Very. Um, uh, it's mostly Pinot Blanc and, and with some Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. And this is a traditional method sparkling wine so that's basically like it's like champagne all bottle fermented yeah oh okay yeah. is so, that unusual no uh not for cremant okay yeah. so you know cremant is is uh, bottle fermented like champagne it's a the dirty little secret you know um everybody flocks to champagne and the quality of champagne but cremant offers it a lot of um quality for the price point um simply because it's not from champagne sure it's yeah. so good 
Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, so this is probably, well, depending on what champagne we're talking about. Um, but generally speaking, uh, about a third of the cost. Yeah. Um, but so like so that's the deal. Like champagne is one of those things that a lot of people like throw the throw the name around without, you know. Okay, it's like it has to be from champagne to mm-hmm. be champagne. It's not prosecco. In France, when you have a sparkling wine that's made in the same way, so that's the secondary fermentation in the bottle. It's called Cremant. So, and then it's usually followed by the region where it comes from. So in this case, this is Cremant d'Alsace. So it comes from the Alsace region. Gotcha. But there's Cremant de Loire, Cremant de Bordeaux, Cremant de um, Bourgogne. We have a Cremant de Bourgogne in our book yeah. as well. Yeah. So. so, is this just a French thing, or yeah? Okay. Yeah. 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 Cremant is French sparkling wine. From. There's other countries that do bottle fermented, um, oh, yeah, sure. you know, okay. sparkling wines as well. A, a great example is um, um, Franciacorta, you know, out of northern Italy, out of Lombardy. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic wines, you know, mm-hmm. and they're probably closer in part to what you pay for in Champagne. Um, but, you know, it's all bottle fermented and it's got a lot of these great qualities mm-hmm. to it as well. So when you import these wines, how does it maintain, like, integrity uh, flavor components and then like the overall profile from over there, like Guinness in Ireland, obviously totally different, but kind of the same in regards to the point that I'm trying to make yeah. is a completely different thing there than it is here. Same sure. with cappuccinos. A cappuccino here is a joke compared to Europe's. Sure. So how does that work with the import? Um, is that a conversation you guys have or is it the whole, well, because it's so organic, then you kind of maintain elements of it. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, we don't, not everything we import is organic, and I don't think it really is, you know, kind of where you're going with it anyway. But okay. um, I think there's a lot of, there's a certain misconception. I've heard this a lot of times where people will say, oh, well, the Europeans, they don't send us, they don't send the, the best stuff. The good us. stuff. It's not true. <laughs> it's totally not true. What we buy is what they're drinking there. We don't, we do not buy wines from from producers that are like specially made for us or specially made for the US market. Mm. We fall in love with their wines because they're authentic. They're authentic to where they come from and to the families who produce them. Mm. That's what we want and that's what we import. Where I suppose it, things could um, alter that would be in like transport, you know. Yeah. If it's sitting on a loading dock in the hot sun for 3 days. Well, now you've you know, you, you messed up your wine. So for us, it, we, you know, we have to be concerned about what time of year that, that it um, travels and things like that. Yeah. But Whether it's a refrigerated container or not and that sort of thing. Sure. You know? yeah. So that whole quality control method, is that part of the conversation that you have with the families up front? And then you're like, hey, for this to work and then to get the best value, we'd, we'd kind of have to do it within these months or something. And then they're kind of like, oh, well, okay, it is what it is. And then other people are like, we're not going to go through that hassle. They don't really, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, really. When we order a wine, it's we send a purchase order and they prepare it and they tell us when it's ready. And then a, a, a driver, you know, our, the shipping companies we work with, they handle that stuff. So, okay, so it's not necessarily the conversation with the families. It's more or less with the um Yep, the the guys moving it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. got and it. Logistic companies. That's, yeah. that's Eric's department. That's you know. <laughs> yeah. He uh. He so has, your HR. He has the pleasure of doing that <laughs> on a daily basis. 
tracking down yeah. truckers and stuff. Thank God I don't. I don't have the patience for it. It's right. really funny because we, you know, I mean, how often do we hear people say, "Oh, your uh, your job must be so great," right. you know? And yeah, it's you know, wine is is great, and the families are really great, and a lot of what we do is a lot of fun, and you know, going on buying trips is a lot of fun. But you know, we're a small company. We share. We, we share hotel rooms, you know? Right. Um, yeah. When we travel, there's one, <laughs> tell them the story about, uh, about Italy, oh God. about, um, uh, where were we? We were in, um, we were, in, we were outside of, um, you were in Venice someplace right? we were outside near, of Venice. Canigliano. Okay. We were up in the Veneto. Yeah. Right. So we, you know, we, we go on these trips and we're, you know, we're paying our, the bill. Right. So it's not like, you know, it's not like we're not staying in like four star right, yeah, or sure. hotels or anything yeah. like this. You know, it's coming out of our pockets. Right. So we're we're you know okay we're going to share a hotel room. You know, so we find this one is super cheap and it was tiny. I mean, it was the smallest bed I ever slept on in my life. <laughs> it was like it was like a cot. It was, it was like being like, it was like being in like a tr- your childhood bedroom where like <laughs> right. sharing with your brother. Right. You know, our bed was like this far apart from each other. <laughs> it was, and it was hot as balls in there. And I think Dan opened the window, right? Because like, it needed fresh air. It was hot. And then we went out with a producer, right? So, and this is a great producer. Uh, it's our uh, producer of our um, Prosecco. And we're meeting f- for the first time. Um, so they take us out. We go to this incredible restaurant. The producer brings a bunch of friends. And then they take us out afterwards and we're doing we're drinking cocktails so we're getting you know we're pretty you know we're we, sauced up we're sauced yeah, feeling up. Good. yeah yeah for sure and then we get back to the hotel room and it's so freaking hot in there they were going through like a heat wave too at the time yeah. we were there it was, you know it was it was easily 90 at night yeah there Jeez. you know so we're we're drunk in this hot hotel room and our beds this far apart and we we were like man we couldn't get the air conditioner to work and we were like barely slept and we had to be like at our next look uh like um winery the next morning right yeah a couple hundred miles away it wasn't like yeah. you know down the street or sure. anything like that so you know we're hung over and we go to check out of the hotel and come i start i, I mentioned like oh yeah, your air conditioner doesn't work and they're like you have to close the window i was like what <laughs> like you close the window and it kick, the air conditioner kicks on it's like a it's like a fail safe like yeah, a you year can't of, run oh. the air conditioner while the window is open so we had left the window open because we wanted like air, but it we didn't realize. Yeah, <laughs> sleepless, greasy messes the next morning. How so. mad were you when you figured that out? <laughs> I don't I think you told me until we were on the road. Yeah, <laughs> self hate is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys move the beds just together? And you're like, there's no point. We might as well. <laughs> yeah. we, let's just seal the deal. Big, big spoon and little spoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are we really gaining here? You know, like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was fun. That's Other awesome. times where you know, it'd be, actually, some of our there's been some decent places. We've, we've had some really great. Um, you know, I think again, like there's the whole logistical side of the business, and there's you know, uh, dealing with uh, regulatory agencies, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm also in charge of like label approvals. So you know, you get a label like this, for instance, this is uh, organic wine to to be able to say organic. Um, um, when you're going through this, the, the regulatory stuff with the with the um, the government, 
you know, there's challenges there for sure. You can't just say, you can't call it organic wine. It has to go through a process of certification. And so, uh, you know, we deal with a lot of that stuff. But the best part of the job is the, the travel. And it sure. is um, not just going there, but having, having wine producers come here. You know, in January, we've got our uh, producer from Tuscany coming over, and it's going to be fantastic. Oh, sweet. And, you know, I mean, you guys are from Buffalo, I assume, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're Buffalo guys. So that's the, you know, when we talk to um, producers and we say we're in New York, a lot of them, their eyes light up and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have anybody in New York, you know, because they think. Big Apple. Yeah. 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 and then, uh, hang on, i got to down this so that I can... Be a part of the next... Yes, yeah, so, uh, the conversation yeah. always is with, with, of... um, with producers when we first meet them, you know, uh, they're, they're always like, oh, yeah, I'll be in New York City next next month. Why don't we just do lunch or something? It's like, well... It's a seven know. and a half hour drive. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I guess we could, but, you know, it's not but, that... Uh, you know, but I'll say this about, like, Buffalo is, you know... We're proud of where we're at. You know, oh, yeah. we often, I think in be- the beginning, we might have been a little intimidated, um, but not anymore. Like now, you know, producers will be like, we'll, we'll tell them we're in western part of the state. And then some of them will, will ask, like, well, when are you guys going to start selling in Manhattan? And we'll be like, you know, when it's when the right time. But like, it's a shit show there. It, mm. Manhattan's a tough place to do business. And Extremely. So lots of uh, there's a ton of different distributors, small importers that are just distributing. And, you know, there's 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 importers in New York City that create a whole business off of like three stores, Hmm. you know, friends of theirs. And they'll have that. That'll be their only business. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's enough business to, you know, to sustain that. There's over Um, 250 importers in New York State. Yes. Oh, wow. And like 90 percent of them are in New York. Yeah, like New York in City. city yeah. yeah. Are there any around here, or is it just you guys? I heard of another one that just started up. No, well, there's a there is one that actually I don't think sells here, but is licensed here. Licensed here. Um, That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this they're in Manhattan, but for some reason their license shows up on the SLA site as Buffalo. Gotcha. Um, Cerdo Brothers was an importer as well. Oh, okay. you know, but um, yeah. obviously they're defunct and they're no. So we're I, we're pretty unique. I mean, we're I think we're the only ones that are you know, like doing what we're doing. Yeah. So without getting too deep into the weeds on it, because I know there's um, there's obviously like relationships involved too. But how does it work in regards to your position and then Addie's, the store, because oh. there's. Their selections ridiculous mm-hmm. in this building. Yeah. So how, like, what was that process and just kind of getting established in Addie's? I'll let you handle that one. Well, I mean, he's the distributor. He's got, you know, I handle like the network Europeans. And, okay, he deals with the uh, yeah the Americans. <laughs> he is. He's he's the winery liaison and more on the sales side. Um, you know, with you know, as a, with any store, it's um, everything's on a person-to-person relationship you know sure. it's, it's a sales job any way you look at it so you know um you sell yourself before you sell anything else mm-hmm. obviously so um i had known them in the past um and um we were we were working through certo with them as well so when we started with our own product it was a pretty easy transition and um the way we designed our portfolio too we we currently distribute through try it distributing yep. 
Um, the way we designed our portfolio was a uh, it was a bit unique in its own right, I think. And um, the way we did it is we went to try it. They were uh, just starting in their in their um, wine and spirits uh, program or you know uh, vision, if you will, and. Um, they were a little weak on the wine side. So Eric and I basically um, went and found a bunch of wineries, probably 50 maybe, maybe. I don't know. We maybe even more than that. Pretty long. And we had session. like three days of about, you know, 60 wines that we were tasted through. Wow. Each of those three days. Um, we just brought in a lot of samples from producers. Mm-hmm. Sure. That would... Um, so we might have like so like a good example like prosecco we didn't just bring them a prosecco and say this is what we want to import we brought three different producers and we all tasted together like a tasting panel and we looked at the price and the quality and we're like this is the one we should go with retailers restaurateurs other uh, other friends that you know that are in the distribution business that we have Mm -hmm. all sat in and tasted this stuff gave us notes and that's kind of how we chose what we want. Not that we don't trust our own taste or judgment and that sort of thing. But, um, I mean, even to this day, if we have a new winery, um, maybe it's not as a grand, as big of a grand scale as we did it in the beginning. But we still kind of vet it through uh, some trusted um, distributors and um, um, some friends, mm-hmm. restaurant friends, store friends. And then our uh, our team had tried it as well before before we really move forward with it. Yeah, that's a good idea because everybody, even the distributors, have to like the product or else they're not going to be able to sell it. Sure. Uh, are you guys sommeliers at all? Are you going to be? I am. You are. I am. We we joke. We, we, I sent you that like video last week. Yes. And we were, we were that was our that was our pandemic project that we were doing that you know we're still still hasn't finished. He's waiting for me to start editing. It. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Um, we were thinking of names of it and, you know, tongue in cheek where we were, want to call it one and a half Psalms because I'm, I'm a full, full blown Psalm. Eric is a half a Psalm. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, I, I went the route of the WSET, which is more of like a, technically you're not Psalms cause it doesn't have a service component. Sure. But, um, but I like one and a half Psalms. I'm, I'm okay being 50%. There you go. So my speaking, gla- my glass is half full i like it <laughs> there it is speaking of names what made you come up with your the name of the company oh that's all me so i uh being Damn, a, dude, being, you just took all that yeah, yeah. i mean it was yeah. just like i mean, no it's like it is it's all me no, seriously <laughs> because i had a I had a business plan um back when i was at uh, i just taught him how to say it properly <laughs> think he did. or which direction the accent he did it right. go. later on when we watch this footage he's gonna be like you said uh you said chevronie bro something something like that we didn't talk about the chevronie yet but yeah let's talk about the name so yeah so i had a business plan written out for a wine bar because i oh, okay. you know i've always had a restaurant background and it, the name of the wine bar was coupe so when we started this business i remember like just we were, we were on the fence on a couple of different names, and I was like, look, I have this branding already set out. Why don't we just, you know, I'll pop the word imports in there, and we're good to go. What does it mean in French? So cuvee mm-hmm. is, um, um, it has v- different meanings, but a cuvee in, in the wine terminology is typically like a special, it's a special wine or a special blend. Like, so a winery might have um, their, like, their classic wine right so um like a bordeaux might have like just their their classic bordeaux superior and a bordeaux reserva and then they might have a special cuvee and that could be a wine that is 
from a designated um, parcel of vines or something like that. But cuvee is usually um, an indication of a um, something a little more special. Um, and so it's it's a sort of a general term, but that's the basic of basics of what it means. Gotcha. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Really especially cool. because it ties everything in. So I have a question because I love planning. Mm-hmm. So when you go over for a trip, what mm-hmm. is that process like in regards to like the the planning of everything? Wait, you like planning trips? Yeah, me too. I'm do like, you, I do love you? It. Yeah. Does it make you I'll happy? Spend hour, yeah, I yeah. Like, spend hours going and looking at uh, you know all the IT because we have to figure out like how do we logistically how we're going to do it like we. You know, we'll go to a, like a trade show starting in Paris, and we have to go to another show in somewhere you know six hours away. Mm-hmm. Stop at vineyards along the way. So, um, and we're paying for all of this, so we try to do it in a condensed period of time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, but I think it's for us, it's really crucial to visit the wineries, and even if we've met them at a at a trade show. Um, and wine trade shows are actually kind of cool, you know. They're what are they like? You, you know, is, is similar to other trade shows, or is it a little just yeah. because it's? I mean, you have to you have to spit, right? Like, there's you do. Well, you don't. You don't have to spit, but you're foolish not to spit. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna It'll say be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, that's yeah. always the amateur mistake that people make is that you, you can know, tell the yeah you can tell you can tell who's. Like they're legitimately, and who's like, you know, what the girls, a friend, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's like someone will like get a friend in, and that friend will just be like sloppy and oh, yeah. messed up by yeah. like two. You're starting at like 10 a.m. You know, so yeah. you know, floor opens and you get a glass and you walk around and there. Some of them are massive. Pro wine in Germany is the biggest one, and then there's the Vin Expo in Bordeaux and Hong Kong. Those are big. Um, and Vin Italy is a big one. So these are all big shows. Um, so the challenge for, for, like for us is to focus, right? They're so big. So what we do is like, we, what, you know, what are we looking for? Um, we, we turn, you, you have to walk away. You have to turn things down all the time. Sometimes we won't taste unless we get a price first because um, like an export price first or else because we're like, it doesn't matter if we like it or not, we're, we'll never be able to sell it. So let's just move on. It's challenging. Like that stuff is challenging. But because your passion kicks in too, because you're like, man, I would love this because I haven't, sure. this specific side of the mountain, I haven't right. had their wine yet. And yeah. then I knew that this weather event happened and it might've changed all their grapes. And then right. all that stuff's in the back of your head. And then you start to nerd out especially as a half psalm, you know, you're getting, you're getting excited because you're almost there, you know, almost there. Yeah. <laughs> halfway there. Always half. That's the problem. I'm always halfway there. Yeah. Yep. So when you first started this, what was, you, do you remember the first winery that you communicated with? Was it a relationship that you already had or like, what was that conversation? You'd be like, listen, guys, I know that we're new, but trust us. Yeah, you know, it's that's interesting because we we just talked about it the other day going through our old our old notes, our original our original like list of producers that we were going to work with. Who was the first? Was it Lee Sen? Might have been, but interestingly, one of our one of the first producers that we were in communication with, we just brought in this year, like hmm. because we brokered through Certo Brothers with them. 
and then Serto folded or sold and they became available. So we brought them in. So now they're like, now they're ours. That's um, awesome. But I think, um, I think our first producers were ones that I had met when I was living there. Uh, so they would be French initially. And then um, probably one of our oldest ones um, would be the Macario family, right? Macario. The Macario family. They're, they're, um, they're definitely like one of our top favorite wineries. Mm. To, yeah, I got to let Dan tell that story. But can I talk about this wine real quick? Yeah, please, yes. because I loved it because I obviously destroyed it. And it tasted like <laughs> apple to me. Yeah, there's yeah. a good amount of apple in there for sure. So this is a uh, chill out. I don't just Rick. do whiskey, he's, but he's like a half sum now too. He's, he's a quarter. Don't don't because then he won't be able to walk out yeah, of the room. That's yeah. getting big. <laughs> so this is a this is a really rare wine, actually. This is um so this is a wine from the Loire Valley in France. So we talk about this one. This is Alsace. Alsace mm-hmm. is along the German border. If you go to Alsace, it looks like you're in Germany because border changes through wars. It's mm-hmm. you know it's. Sure. It looks like Germany sure. and they eat sauerkraut and sausages in Alsace. Yeah. Um, this is Loire Valley, um, and it's an f- uh, appellation called Cour Cheverny. It's the only appellation in the world or the only wine region in the world that grows this grape varietal. And by law, Thanks. the law of the appellation, the only grape that can be grown there is the Romorantin grape. And it's a... Uh, it's a rare um, grape from Burgundy. I'll pour my own because I'm talking and yeah. got to figure out right. how to logistically do that. Uh, you just got to send it. Yeah. yeah. There, it's, yeah. A, it's a super cool region as well. Like right around there are these old, um, all these old chateau and castles. And um, uh, Chambord is right right there. Um, uh, was that a, is that a castle, Chambord? Chambord is a castle, yeah. yeah. You know, it was the, it was the king's. Um, it was a castle. It was the that king's a, hunting lodge. Oh, if you okay. will. Wait, it, it, was Chambord a, a king's lodge? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could show you. No, I, I no, should show you a he picture built of it. it. He built it for his wife. Uh, it was his hunting lodge. Uh, they told us that when we were when we were. With well, he lied to his wife, then. Damien. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he was. Are you seriously going to go hunting? I built it for you, babe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the guys are just staying for the weekend. <laughs> so, what makes this grape only available there, though? So, um, so the Romorantin grape came from Burgundy, um, was planted in the Loire Valley, and then um, essentially the locals. Um, decided to create the appellation to preserve its, um, keep it from going extinct, essentially. Huh. So it is a very small appellation. There's only, a, um, I think there's less than a dozen producers who um, uh, grow in that appellation. And I would say in the state of New York, there might be two or three mm, producers that you can find. It. It's probably two. Yeah. Um, in terms of who here in Western New York has, um, there might be one or two. Um, so it's it's pretty rare. It's a it's a wine that's um, you know, it's got classic Loire Valley qualities of like uh, like good acidity, mm. um, but it's a wine that's a little bit rich, and it actually is ageable. So up to yeah. ten years, it'll get more like honeyed, yeah. even more floral over time. Gotcha. Um, what would you pair it with? Just a charcuterie, or would you, because it's a white, you would 
pick like white meat, like chicken, fish, or would you just kind of have it as a, a table? Blend? I think it's a wine that probably wants, um, like I think you know the go-to for white wines are is always like seafood, but mm-hmm. but for me this wine actually could do like like quail uh, or duck something, or something like, like that, that. Yeah. like chicken with you know with cream sauce. You know, it yeah, feels okay. like it can handle that. Yeah. Um, this one's great too. This one's super buttery. Yeah. So and this one is a 2014. By the way, we're doing the 2014. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 2014. So this is we don't even sell. We sell the 13. We don't even sell the 14. This oh. I, this I pulled from the cellar. And then realized when I was chilling it that it was a fourteen. So, <clears throat> Lucky but this is a, so nobody can buy it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. This was a. Um, well, he's talking about vintages, and the weird thing is, we're drinking a white wine, right? So, for wine, you know, if you walk into a store and you see a twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen white wine, you typically want to stay away from it, right? Because it's probably old, yeah, and not drinkable. Um, Most whites don't age that well. Yeah. Right. We're talking gotcha. about like a white burgundy, then it's a different story. And, and, and some other wines that can age, like a Grand Cru or Premier Cru, um, Chablis and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And, you know, probably California Chardonnays and things. Yeah. Um, yeah, to an extent, for sure. But typically, you know, typically when you're, especially in this business as an importer, you want to buy the, the freshest vintage on whites. Um, but so this is a white wine that has not even they don't even release it until several years because it's deemed uh, the quality of the, um, the the place where it comes from. So this is a Muscadet, but it's a Muscadet. It's a crew Muscadet. You know, like the do we talk about like geeky things like crews? What, I don't know. Do you know what a crew is? No. Dive into it. All right. More so, info the better. Right. So when you see the word crew, C R U, it is a um, and this is really what I think is great in, about wine. Maybe it makes it different than other, um, like whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, do you guys like scotch? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. All right. So scotch has that, right? Scotch has like, it's more terroir driven. Yeah. So terroir, right? Yeah. That term that encompasses, um, all the essential things that are, spe- that are site specific, right? Why is that something that grows here superior to something sure. that grows. Yeah. Like you a, know. a Highland is different from an Elay and things like that. Right. You know, like they're very distinctly different and it, it's all due to where they're grown from and, and how they're produced in mm-hmm. that region. Yeah. So in the case of this crew, so the name of the crew is Goulain and the name of the region is Muscadet. So Muscadet is in the Loire Valley in France. Goulain is just been determined that the soil there the this specific little area is superior to the other muscadets around it so it gets the designation goulain um also means it's more expensive but the other cool thing about it is that it's um aged on lease for three years before then uh, spending time in the bottle and then they release it when they feel like they should release it so um and when i said on lease that basically means it's a Dead yeast. The dead yeast cells that. Sure. So you'll notice that the there's a, probably a good parallel between like uh, the, the sparkling where we started and this mm-hmm. with, yes. with that like kind of toastiness and you said creaminess mm-hmm. and butteriness and that all comes from just it spending time on on that dead yeast. Okay. It imparts flavor and. It, but no know, barrel. No barrel. No barrel. No barrel. It's fascinating too though because from like our our listeners that 
obviously can't taste what we're tasting. All of these are so crisp. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And a lot of people that have experience with champagnes the few times in our lives where we have really good champagne it just like cuts and cleans your palate and then it dissipates extremely quick and that's generally a sign of a better champagne compared to others and with these whites like i love reds i know our our wives love red wines and if we had to make a preference i would probably say red for us but it's it's mainly just because it's such a huge market. But when you really dive into wine at your guys' level, you really do appreciate the whites because it's just a whole different game. And you're bringing in different aspects between climate, environment in general, and then grapes. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating because our listeners won't be able to fully enjoy this unless, of course, they come to Addy's shameless plug, but it kind of brings in everything that you guys do because mm-hmm. it's just such a different experience drinking a white compared to a red. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. And I think, well, your listeners should, would, should come to one of our wine dinners because that's really a... In some ways, that's one of the best ways to experience wine. That's where we pull out most things like this. Gotcha. So where yeah. do you do those and how do those work? We do them for, uh, with like local restaurants. Um, we just did one last week with uh, the Terrace at Delaware Park. Nice. So love that place. Yeah, and we Great. did this wine. Yeah, we. And this is a well received. And it's a, it, it's a, it gives us an opportunity to do something that I think is really kind of crucial with wine. Like it's not. Um, I mean, I guess would, if you're if you're shopping for a bourbon or for a for a whiskey, you know, you have to do your homework, right? Because there's a lot of stuff on the shelves, and everybody can go and pick up the brand everyone knows, right? right? Yep. So when it comes to wine, we're in we're the we're the brand that nobody knows, and what we try to do, and I'll do it here without like naming names, we're like we're the David. This is the David versus Goliath story, you know. We're up against the big boys. I I despise the massive brands, sure. you know, because to me they're not wine at all. They're not real. They're they're marketed brands, you know. So this is the business I came from. I know it, mm-hmm. right? So a, what a lot of people drink is stuff that is just marketed to them. Um, so how do we with these like 
small family uh, wineries from France and Italy, how do we stand out against the 19 crimes and the apothics and mm-hmm. you know the barefoots and all that shit? It's we do it through being able to talk to people and tell them like, look, you can look at like that stuff. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like if if you, I'm not. If you enjoy it, I'm I'm about pleasure. Like, sure. Drink what you like. You like it, drink it. See, that's a psalm thing to say, right? Drink what you like. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Half. You're getting there. It's a half song. It's a half song. <laughs> a half song comment. <laughs> I like it. But I think it's important for people to know that that stuff is like Coca-Cola, right? Mm-hmm. It, the reason why it tastes the same every time you open a bottle is because there's manipulation involved to make sure it tastes the same way. Like, this is a wine that is going to, yes, it's at the hand of the winemaker, sure. of course. Yeah. But there is vintage variation. And they're, try to, they're going to try to keep it as consistent as possible, obviously. Yeah. But you're going yeah. to, you know, there will be subtle nuances to every, every vintage and every, you know, every uh, little shift in, in whatever the winemaking process uh, involves. Which we make the same point for whiskey because it's, you know, MGP is a massive market <clears throat> yeah. in the whiskey side of things. And it's yeah. literally the exact same sure. aspect on, on the whiskey side. So do you guys mainly focus in France France no. and Italy. France, we yeah, have so a, like what? I just have only pick pulled countries. up French wines so far. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We haven't got there yet. We're, we we're do. Uh, we're excited to bring in our first German producer from the Mosel Valley. Very this is true. like yeah. this is another big deal. We've for been us. searching for them for like five years. So like right when we started, I was because I'm my last name's Chrisman, and you know I'm German. Sure. You know, so I'm like, oh, we have to get this the German wine. And he's a fluent too. He speaks. Yeah, totally. You'd have been the first person that I met that fully, and then just went away. Yeah, never mind. Guten Tag. <laughs> there we go. You're like I'm trying. I'm trying. So, so Germany, France, Italy, and where else? We have one producer in Argentina. Yes, that was okay. that was, um, and, and we were excited to have them. Um, and they they're actually turning out to be a great brand for us. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited that we're that, that we found them and are working with them. But um, that was our answer to. Um, a lot of the tariff situations that was happening um, in 2019, God, um, because terrible. we were getting we were getting nailed in France, and um, there was always this threat of, well, Italy's next. They're going to start mm. putting these tariffs on Italy, and you know, guys like us were sitting here freaking out because that's those are our two our two bread yeah, and butter right, countries yeah, right there. So, yeah. so we needed a way to you know kind of diversify a little bit. So, I, I joke. When I say, you know, we're a European importer, it's not really a joke, but I mean, we are mostly European, but we have, you know, we have South America. We've, we've talked to uh, wineries up in Canada as well uh, during that time. We, we were, did uh, have some Spanish wines that we did. Um, <clears throat> we did. But, and we, we'll probably go back to Spain too. We will. We just have to find, we jumped into Spain. Um, you know, we just, we, we didn't dip our toe in the water before we jumped into Spain. We just jumped right in and the water was way too cold and so we just have to find you know we just have to find the right uh the right winery to do business with have you talked to a winery and they were hesitant in committing to something because they didn't know if one they had enough stock to support overseas or two they just didn't know if they wanted to commit to something like that i think that um probably not the stock issue i think that for us, um, oh, this is one of this Ooh, is it's a red, but it's, it's like a raspberry. Yeah, but look at it; it's frothy, right? Yeah. Um, you can finish the question, and we'll talk about the wine. Come on, 
I might be starting to get oh, like a tiny bit of a buzz. <laughs> You're doing well. <laughs> um, well, we got this whole charcuterie board. Here, I know, so and I'm like talking. He hasn't, he hasn't yeah, turned yeah, into seriously. a train wreck I yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta reach over there when, like, when I, when at the right time, and I'm just gonna shovel some of this cheese. In the I wine. did bring this today, by the way, because um, a lot of European wines too are designed for food. So, you know, we're doing great then because we're three deep and we haven't touched yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Derek have been dig- digging in. You I tried are, one of you the, guys are like yeah. bread Solid and I just rock destroyed the <laughs> Yeah, we're good. Well, yeah. Me. And this, <laughs> this wine in particular is a great uh, charcuterie cheese board wine. Um, but I want to answer your question, which was uh, do pe- were producers hesitant? And the, I think for us, it was always, you know, for a producer, to work with a young company. Um, what I think we found was that producers who had a lot of experience um, in the United States were probably hesitant. They're mm. like, who are these guys? You know, um, Especially if they had distribution with bigger distributors across the, the, the country. Um, I think we've got a bit of a grassroots vibe and we were fortunate enough to sell our passion mm-hmm. to producers who didn't have um, experience in the United States. So these are small family producers who make great wine, but they just never um, had the, uh, they just either didn't in, uh, invest the time and the effort into finding an, ex, uh, an, an importer mm-hmm. or were intimidated by the US market, haven't really tried. So for us, a lot of, Dan said this earlier, a lot of our producers, you can't find them anywhere other than through us. You know, some of these wines, you can get them in Los Angeles and Buffalo and nowhere in between. Yeah. We do distribute in um, Watertown and um, um, Ithaca. Ithaca, Oh, yeah. Other parts of New York. Yeah. 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 So. So is the goal or the objective to expand within New York? We or? want to take over the world. Okay, yeah. perfect. I love that response. Yeah. yeah, no. Let's get after it. <laughs> we have a five-year plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take over the world. That's ambitious. Yeah. The Is it to, like, expand Buffalo? Is it to expand New York? Are you looking at other states? Like, what what is the vision of the company? Well, the, the new licensing I was talking about earlier is simply to, to just gain some traction in markets that we feel um, – would benefit from our portfolio, mm-hmm. but you know, just we we don't have good distribution options out out in those regions. So, um, because we did uh, go the route, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the route of the uh, the beer distributor um, um, distributorship, I guess is the word I was looking for. Yeah, like the model. The, yeah, yeah. Um, they needed us. You know, we, we needed them in the beginning as well. Um, so, um, I think what. What that did is it kind of pigeonholed us into certain regions um, as opposed to uh, finding a bigger guy that would bring us across the state. That's problematic in its own right because then you're in this big book and you're lost and is somebody really going to pick out this obscure Lambrusco and, you know, there's um, Camus next to it or or whatever else, you know. I don't know. I don't know if they would. That's why I love what we do because of this, it's a viable option now because people know it exists. Sure. Mm-hmm. So having this option in front of us to then have you guys discuss it just further emphasizes like everybody's mission yeah. statement between ours, yours, and Addie's. Like mm-hmm. it's it's incredible. So you you bring this in, you have it. Um, 
How difficult is it to continuously get it? Oh, just in terms of supply? Yeah. It's not a problem. I mean, there is, of course, like there are years where, you know, this we're talking about small producers. So if they, um, if ye, they have a, like a hailstorm, sometimes that can wipe out like 80% of their production. Mm-hmm. Of course, Chevronie, the first year yeah. that we wanted to actually do business with we them. We had to were- wait two years. Even though they wanted to work with us, we had to wait two years because they were devastated two years in a row. With hail. Yeah. So they didn't have any, they, they had enough Jeez. for their markets and that mm-hmm. was it. They couldn't sell anymore. They ended up getting like money from the EU to install um, windmills. Yeah. Basically, fans that um, uh, because of, they had a problem with frost. That was it. So frost. they had to get the hail. Yeah. 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 So it's basically, basically a way of, you know, like blowing the frost out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you know, from a, from that side of it, it, it's, it hasn't been a real problem because we, we're like, we're a small company. We look for small companies. We don't really like, we don't go after big guys. You know, we, re, we recognize that the relationship is not going to work. You know, like we, if we see somebody who we like, but they're big, they're going to want someone bigger, mm-hmm. you know? So we find the producers who, um, you know, a lot of the producers that we buy from, they couldn't supply the United States, you know. So that's another thing that, you know, like I was talking, I started getting a little worked up about the like the Coca-Cola brands. Mm-hmm. But those wines, the reason why you can um, find them in every corner liquor store across the country is because they're massive. Sure. Those are not family producers. Those are those are producers. They're not even producers, really. They're they're buying juice or grapes in bulk from growers and then they're just making this massive the guys that we import from they couldn't there's there's no way they could supply the united states like 50 states with that no certainly not do you buy a set amount from each one or does it just depend on the the winery that you do business with we buy like the way you know we we start running low we place an order okay yeah um we're still figuring out Mm -hmm. We, we run out of stuff we do my fault really i'll take the blame for it i took the Don't credit i took the credit for the cuvee i'll take the blame for the out of stocks oh, right. such a good yeah all right we'll have an <laughs> hr meeting tomorrow about it <laughs> so this one the lambrusco tell us a little bit about this one what makes this special you were talking about how it foamed at the top it's definitely carbonated a little bit yeah what do you first of all can i ask you guys have you ever had a lambrusco before no no so this is a one of the this is a good example i think of why we do need to talk about stuff because if this is sitting on a store shelf and you don't know what you're going to get no one's going to buy it yeah no idea so lambrusco is um typically this is like this is like the the lambrusco that italians drink um some of us grew up in an era of where my my parents used to drink riuniti and you know that can i yeah yeah you know that sort of thing. What was the jingle? Reunidi on ice, so nice. So right. nice, yeah. 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 Do you remember, you know, you guys are too young. Yep. Yeah. Um, Probably. <laughs> I won't it's okay, though. Ah, the French. I'll bring that up on that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, the French. <laughs> um, so this is what it, you would drink if you're in Emilia Romagna or Lombardi in, on a hot summer day sitting outside in a cafe with a, with a charcuterie board. Um, this is, this, however, is not from Emilia Romana, so I don't know why I said that. I said Lombardi after that. Okay. 
I started to say Lombardia, though. and then I was like, oh, <laughs> we'll my God, I'm going to sound Gucci, <laughs> and then Dan's going to be like, oh, you gotta, oh, you're trying to sound Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Fragile. So, most, he, he, yeah, Fragile, exactly. <laughs> most Lambrusco does come from Emilia Romana, and that's, okay. you know, that's... Uh, there are four Appalachians in uh, Lambrusco Appalachians. Three of them are in Emilia Romagna, one's right. in Lombardy. One's in Lombardy. You would think Montola. that somebody who's only a half psalm wouldn't know such a right. thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Might be three quarters. I, three quarters psalm. Yeah. I gave him a little prep work before he got here. <laughs> <laughs> Literally sounds like Derek every time yep. he texts me about research for a different brand. <laughs> no, this is good though. This is that carbonation I was not expecting. But it's very deep, like plum and blueberries and raspberries. This one, but it's light though, still. Like it's full body, but it doesn't like bog you down. Right. I agree. Yeah. It sits really well. Right. So when I do store tastings, um, if the store carries this, um, I always show up with a bottle of it, whether they want me to taste it or not. And I won't let anybody stop at my table to taste anything unless they taste some Lambrusco first. Mm. It's my like prerequisite because I'm trying to break that. Exactly what Eric was talking about. That He's the like, wine Nazi. I, I really am a wine Nazi in the store tasting. So come see me because it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I what I do is I want to get this in somebody's glass because I want to break that barrier of that like that canai and that you know that sticky sweet Lambrusco that people think you know oh I I used to sip off of my grandfather's cup when I was a kid and it was this gross <laughs> this gross Lambrusco. Um, it was sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, so nine times out of 10 that I put this in somebody's glass, they walk away with a bottle from my table, which is wow. amazing because it's, you know, it's so easy drinking. It's good, got good acid. It's very mm-hmm. versatile. It covers a lot of different drinkers and that sort of thing. How much is it? Uh, 12, 12 bucks. Really? That's, that's why I love wine is a lot of it is so affordable. Like when you compare it to whiskey, which is what we buy. I mean, everything like you're getting a, a you can find a very good bottle for under 30 bucks of wine sure easy yeah easy which is so fascinating to me the other ones here that we tried i mean all of them were absolutely delicious that's 20 bucks um i don't know no that's 19 dollars. 19.99 no yeah. 19 dollars yeah so 18.99 so like 28 dollars in new york but. yeah really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly these aren't new york city prices just <laughs> right. double it and add like 10 bucks <laughs> And then the uh the second one is like twenty bucks. Yeah. And the uh the Goulain, if you got the vintage that we actually have in stock, not the fourteen. Right. Uh would be Probably. uh twenty two, twenty one. I actually looked it up today, I think. Yeah, so not bad. No, not at all. Not for what it is. Yeah, it's right. incredible. But this guy's like twelve bucks and this is uh um I lo- what I love about this wine is um I present this wine to red wine lovers as a summer red mm. because, you know, on a hot summer day, you know, even if you are a big fan of like, you know, big, bold, you know, cabs, um, red wine in the summer on a hot day is not always easy. Yeah. No, it's got to be the right wine. This is, like a, this is a great barbecue Absolutely. wine. Absolutely. This is a great burger wine. Oh, it goes great with like just like even barbecue ribs and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like fantastic. It's crushable. Yeah. It's sure. only, and you, you said it's not, it's only 11%. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was my next question. So what are the percentages on the ones we've had so far? Uh, this is guy is probably 13. No, it's 12 on the, the, the sparkling, the, um, Twelve and a half on the Coors Chevrony, and 
the Goulain is probably 12. So the whites, we're going to get into reds now, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was to go to a liquor store and pick up the epitome of what you guys bring in, like this is our brand that we love to bring in because mm. we believe in it. Like this is what we stand by. What would they go grab? That's a tough question, right? I mean, we have, I think that we're. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't think that I would say that. Oh man, that's a really tough. That's a really difficult question because there's a lot of diversity in our portfolio. Okay. Um, we are. Um, Could I answer I, it? Yeah, go for it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because am I doing most of the talking here? No, no. Because it, it, this goes back to something that uh, when when Dan's Eric, passionate about his answer, I could, I when tell. yeah, I am, yeah. and I think you're going to like this. All right. Um, so when you started, when we started the company, um, we looked at other companies like uh, like Skernick. Um, if you're not familiar with Skernick, uh, um, Polliner, Polliner, Bowler, Bowler yeah. like these really like well known, well to do. Um, portfolios that were all put together by, you know, like a couple guys. Well, I would much. say this too, like in just out of respect for those companies, they're they're highly re regarded portfolios, um, and they're not the household brands, right? So they're same philosophy, right? So they're they're family producers, small producers, terroir driven wines. So I think we we knew that that's what we wanted to do the challenge being we're not them mm -hmm. and they've they're established for a long period of time so to find those kind of producers who are going to jump onto our bandwagon is going to be a challenge well and, and here's what here i'm gonna you know stroke his ego for a second here because i was wrong when we first started and he would he would go into um into wine shops and he would look at the back of the bottle first and I was like, no, we're just ever going to do that. That's stupid. Nobody's ever going to just pick up the back of the bottle, look who the importer is, and you know, pick a bottle that way. Um, but that's we're so grassroots. That's where our marketing hmm. goes now. Sure. So you know, like um, to give you the long answer of your question of you know wh what is the best wine in our portfolio? There's obviously not one. But if you go into the store and you you take a look at who the importer is, it'll tell you a lot about what wine is in the bottle okay so it's you know we we kind of like to think of ourselves as putting together a very carefully curated portfolio so if you see cuvee on the back you have our you have mine and eric's guarantee that it's going to be great wine sure. you know and i think you know paul anner and and all those other guys bowler and you know skernick those guys fall into that same category I like that answer. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot of companies that'll bring in stuff just for the profit that don't necessarily believe in the product. Sure. So that's cool that you guys are only bringing in stuff that you actually like and enjoy and can believe in and stand behind. Yeah. That way, everything in your lineup, as long as it has your logo on the back, yep. is a guarantee that it's it's going to be good. Right. So what yeah, is like this we one? We don't. I mean, I, I would say that we we adhere to the philosophy that if we won't drink it, we don't buy it, mm -hmm. right? So, and I know it sounds like a little bit cliche, but it's true. Like, we often talk about, you know, we're just like random conversations where we talk about the wines that we are in our portfolio that we enjoy drinking on a regular mm -hmm. basis. And to me, that's what we want. We want every wine that we import and sell to be wines that we love because you can easily create a company where you're 
um, bringing in wines that the market wants mm -hmm. or that the, the general sure. public wants. We would much rather stand at a store like Addie's mm -hmm. at a tasting and turn people onto things they've never heard of than to sell them another cab sure. and another Chardonnay. That doesn't have like, a backstory. That has, yeah. you know, it's just a label. Oh, and this is this is a forward cab. You know, enjoy. It is the perfect city too, because Buffalo is all about family growth and yeah. like grassroots and down to earth and trying different things. So, I mean, realistically, you're in a really good market to mm -hmm. do that, opposed to somewhere else. Sure. Um, and then it's only going to. You mentioned Watertown. It's even more serious in Watertown. Sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know? <it> yeah. So, <laughs> without yeah. any doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, where can people find you or what products you're bringing in next or where they can, like, find your products? What liquor stores are you in? Do you have a centralized area where people can look to see where you are? Yeah. So, we spent, <clears throat> we spent uh, much of the lockdown working on our website, too. And we use that as a, as a catalyst for all of our marketing now. Okay. I, I wanted a single... Um, a single marketing point that everybody can go to. So even like all our social media draws back to that to that website. Um, and we have, um, we're doing a little better job at keeping up with it, but we have uh, retailers and restaurateurs on all the wines when you click on the little Our there's, Wines There's a section. Find Our Wines yeah. section okay. on our website, which, yeah. uh, so our website is cuveimports.com, C-U-V-E-E. Mm -hmm. Cuvée. Imports, plural. You can pronounce it every one. You can call it Cuvée. Covey. Yeah. <laughs> Covey, yeah. But it's Cuvée. Um, so on the website, there is a Find Our Wines, and it's an interactive map. So over Buffalo, it'll show um, retailers and restaurants that have our wines. Or if you were even to just pull this, if you went even to our wines, and was just going through our portfolio, and was like, oh, well, what's this Monfrado mm -hmm. that I see? You know, and you click on it. When you scroll to the bottom of the page, it's it, it'll show you what retailers, show you what retailers have on. So um, we do have some newer items on there that don't have anything mm -hmm. right now because they're just newer, and we're, we're working on distribution and things like that. But you know, for the most part, there's there's a place for everything. How big's your portfolio right now? Yeah, what do we got? 125. Yeah, there's about 125 ish ballpark. Um, which is not very big. About 30. No, there's probably two guys in this Two guys is pretty big, I right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, like we're very selective now about our expansion too. Like we don't, um, you know, like I said, our, our primary philosophy is, you know, we got to love the wine, want to mm -hmm. drink it. But also there's like price, you know. I would say the the vast majority of our wines are under 20 bucks. Which is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we're also, you know, we both come from, you know, we're Buffalo guys. We're not. You know, I mean, you can go in. If we wanted to create a business of with all only premium wines, we'd be out. Of, we would have been out of business four years ago. Sure. Um, and I don't think the premium wines need help. You know, we're we're here to like turn people on mm -hmm. to like this is a wine that very few people are going to know. It's a Ruque de um, Castagnolo de Monferrato from Piedmont. It's just a juicy. Um, unoaked red from northern italy that i think is super delicious and um it's sensational yeah, yeah. it's very good it's a i think it's another like food wine like this yeah is, absolutely this wants it's got enough acidity that it wants a little bit of a food with mm -hmm. it this is not like a big heavy brooding wine um so you know this would be really good with like a pork tenderloin in my opinion yeah yeah 
It's really good. Thank you. I mean, going back to that price thing, that's something that we talk about a lot, even with bourbon, is that our generation, the the new drinkers that are coming to the market, are constantly trying to find things to drink that are bang for your buck. Our generation is not going to a $50 bottle, a $60 bottle. We're trying to find something that you can easily get for 20 bucks that is a banger every time that you open it that you can give to your friends because you know if they like it, they can go out and afford it. It's just something that if all of yours are within that price range, that's awesome. It's something that you can just buy whenever. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. uh, When I was in, uh, I I lived in Ohio for a brief stint. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, exactly. When my wife was in grad school, she Wait, went to Youngstown, I, and I was in Youngstown of all places in Ohio too. So, like, you know, Wait, is Youngstown like a great town? Like, I don't know anything it, about Youngstown. It's so it's even more um, rust belty than Buffalo, and about like an eighth of the size. How is it compared to Watertown? Because we've talked about Watertown. Oh yeah, you it's know still a little bigger than Watertown. But Actually, the only Water- reason Watertown no exists is to be- our Watertown viewers. Yeah, it's just Watertown I mean, is nicer than than Youngstown, honestly. Really? Yeah. Aspects of it, yeah. yeah. But Watertown exists because of Fort Drum, so it's it's it is what it is. But yes, Ohio is just very. Ohio, put yeah. it that way. <laughs> it's a super working class town. So when yes. I was there, I was I was studying for my SOM, um, my SOM uh, tests and things like that initially, you know. Yeah. And um, I was running a small wine bar, and you'd get this uh, this all you know like this one percent uh, crowd that would come in and they'd buy up all the you know. Uh, all the Camus and things like that that I had in the store, you know that you know all these high end. Um, bottles that you know they're not they're 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 good but they're not great they should be buying you know premier Cru bordeaux which i also had in 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 the bar and things like that um and then i'd have people more working class people come in to the total wine bar who didn't know much about wine and i'd always draw them to some place um in that like you know um like 20 to 30 dollar retail bottle you know and what i found out is that like those type of people were way more appreciative of um, of my expertise than than the people that were just looking for you know a bottle of Screaming Eagle that I didn't carry you know and right. would get pissed off at me because I didn't have a bottle of Screaming Eagle or whatever you know so um, so I kind of started writing a blog at that time um, which I'm sure is still out there somewhere in the ether. I don't know. I haven't checked it in quite a while. But it, wait, uh, do you want to plug your blog right now? Yeah, let's do it. So go to www. No, just, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. It was a blogspot. Does blogspot still still exist? I have no idea. Blogspot. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I've never heard of it. I don't know. Well, whatever. It's, <laughs> okay. It was a, it was a long time ago. If I haven't heard of it, if, no yeah, one's if, heard. If of you it. don't know, well then. <laughs> but um, so I, I dubbed myself the blue collar sommelier there and so i've always had that like mantra in the back of my mind like our key our key customer that we always like to reach out to is is you know more of the everyday person Mm -hmm. um we have stuff that that is collectible if you want to collect but it's very very rare you know it's a very small it's a very small part of our portfolio we want to reach the everyday drinker i love that because there's people that buy lambos for lambo Right. right, and then there's people buy a range for a range, and then there's the people that buy the C8 Vet because it's got the same numbers, if not better, on the Nuremberg track than a Lambo, and they're buying it for sixty-seven thousand dollars compared to two fifty. Right, and 
you can do that with wine, and that's what I love about it. And you can also do it with bourbon. Right, And Absolutely. you're going to find different states create incredible products that aren't Kentucky in the whiskey mm-hmm. world, and that's mm-hmm. what we talk about. And then uh, you guys okay, are doing yeah. it with whiskey because – or I'm sorry, with wine because there's so many great – families that produce products that their quality control is up there with some other wineries that may be in Bordeaux where it's literally like a hundred thousand dollars for a half acre. Yeah. And it's just because of the soil. So for you to bring that to Buffalo is sensational because there's a huge need for that and a want really. It's not even a need. It's just a want. Well, I think, I think wine is like way more intimidating than it needs to be. Right. So I think especially European wines, I think, you know, there's no question that, you know, the brands that do really well in this country do so because of marketing and um, and maybe flavor profile that they're basically it's it's the they're going for the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, right. So and then what that does is it kills the diversity of wine. You know, so you've got two thousand over two thousand grave varietals grown in Italy alone. So why do we in this country drink? primarily six wine different grape varietals right. you know oh, we should, yeah we fair, should be exploring fair point. Right. yeah and i think like so for me um you know we're we both come from you know i'm i'm working class kid you know so for me i just want people to understand that wine is not about you know this isn't about top end stuff you know that in most cases, whether it's in California or in, or in France or Italy, it's just bullshit anyway, right. right? So, you know, I lived around, I lived in Bordeaux, and um, you know, the difference between a really good, well-made Bordeaux at you know fifty bucks versus a luxury brand Bordeaux for six hundred. Sure. Come on. You, there's what you're going to tell the difference in the in the glass in Absolutely most of those not. cases no so i think that for for me this is about pleasure like wine is about pleasure number one always about that mm-hmm. and and all i'm all i want to do is get people turned on to like cool shit right try this this is stuff you might have never heard and it's only going to cost you 15 bucks sure yeah. so let's try that instead of you know the yeah. stuff that they're ramming down your throat, you know. So everybody, if you go to a liquor store and you look at the wine, look on the back to see if Cuvée Imports logo is on the back, because it is their personal guarantee that it's a good bottle of wine, regardless of what it is. It can be a dry red like this, which I think this is a pretty dry. Am I wrong? It is. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. for sure. It's- what do you think of this one? <clears throat> I love this. Very deep. Malbec. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. So. Not not your Malbec from um, Argentine, which we do also bring in. We have yeah. we have a great. Uh, Malbec from Argentina, which tend to be more fruit forward mm-hmm. and luscious, and and more of that American palate that Eric was was talking about. That yeah. you know that uh, this is deep and perfumey a little bit, right? So this is um, a little bit earthier. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is from uh, the Cahors, so we're in the south southern part of France. Um, you know, close to the Spanish border, the Basques um, down there, and um, uh, Malbec reigns down there. It, it, you know, it's it's one of this the most is the birthplace of Malbec. Yeah, by the way. Oh. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, I think most people don't. So, Cahors is the the black wine of France, mm-hmm. um, and because of its color, um, and it's originates. It's the origin of Malbec. So, it's a French guy that went to Argentina with plantings, and that's how it started there. That's awesome. This is such a nice color too. But this is where it comes from. Interesting. Um, yeah, and this is the um, producer. 
super cool producer who's uh, married into a French family, but he's from uh, the uh, French Polynesia. So he's a mm. he's an islander. Nice. Yeah. And then that bottle's how much? Well, that's the Calcare. So that Calcare is, is probably it's what? under twenty. It's, it's under twenty. I think it's nineteen. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll put pictures in the the video for everybody. There you go. And that's um, yeah, that's like a, a year in oak. So this is we're f- now getting into wines that have seen a bit of oak. They have an entry level one that falls into that um, that like uh, twelve dollar price point. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Thirteen dollar price point somewhere in there. So that's a great one too. That's a great wine as well. Yeah. So anything we didn't touch on that you guys wanted to, we're at an hour and a half already. Oh, oh what? Right? Yeah. Tell me about it. Let's Fine. keep it going. Let's go too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Joe, oh, Joe Rogan won three and a half hours. <laughs> Do we have any uh, any questions for the listeners out there? Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, let me dial one. We got wait, one online. Let's do. Just let's just let's try something super cool. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, we, yeah, we got we got two it. more. You guys got room for time for two more, right? <laughs> let's do it. Do we have a dump? Glass? You can cut this down, right? You guys yeah. edit this stuff. Oh, right? There's going to be something Maybe. in here. You're going to be like, <laughs> all the information's we good. Can, uh, that's that's what's difficult. I don't even think we answered some of the questions. You could cut out the six times that Eric mentioned he was from France. <laughs> That'll save you about a half an hour. And then right the there. warehouse is another forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I only talked about the warehouse once. What are you talking about? I know. I'm like, wait a minute. I think the warehouse. Yeah. You got. You guys have to try this because okay. this has no, a great. Right. It has a great story. Do we to have it. to grab a. Um, where's a PA? Can we get a PA oh, over yeah. here to grab? We need bring a dump, a dump glass <laughs> over here. I'm gonna remove my. Uh, um, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a walkie. With yeah, me Jesus, right Tyler, now. what are you doing? I know. Wait, we got to do the. Yeah, we got to do the uh, vermouth too. Oh yeah, you guys. Didn't even we should just have a Manhattan right now, right? <laughs> just throw in a Manhattan, and then we'll Uber home. You guys aren't working tomorrow, are you? I mean, yeah. No. I know. Calling yeah. in now. Yeah, I know. It's it's calling in now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is very um, good, though. Like, I don't want to dump it, but this is very good. Yeah. No, I mean. But again, yeah. you got to be responsible. you got to be yeah. responsible. Drink responsibly. Mm-hmm. Be Drink a good person. Respectful. Um, I mean, I don't. Dude, I'm, I, am I the only Irishman here? You're German. What are you? I'm German-Polish, yeah. Okay. And then you're you're Italian, so you, you quit half Yeah, that's why I'm anybody. destroying the prosciutto right here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, I'm gonna have problems pouring over that thing. So yeah, no worries. Thank you. I got you. And struggle sometimes. Um, short guy, short guy <laughs> um, We should probably include a few notes about each other. So Dan has this propensity to actually. I'm not sure Dan's ever eaten a meal in his life where he hasn't uh, deposited some of it on his clothing. It's true. I mostly eat over garbage cans. I don't as well. understand why he doesn't like. Days. There's a certain like logic to things, and for some reason he can't okay do it. Like you're so far so good. I actually oh, yeah. like that I, shirt. I did dump wine you on my pants earlier. Explode the bottle. Don't jinx right it though. On. So I'm gonna knock on wood. Yeah. So this this is um this is a super super interesting wine, um, and I can guarantee you've never tasted this before in your life. Wait, can you guarantee that? That's hundred percent. No, I, I could tell you that I'm okay with that guarantee because I probably right. haven't. I'll guarantee you hundred percent. If you have, I apologize for if that insults you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um. Uh, you're familiar with the Medici family being from Italy, Derek? Yes. Okay. So Do you I could tell just by the last name. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so the University of Florence got the, uh, the rights to go into the Medici uh, tombs and do like a um, Indiana Jones type, you know, um, <laughs> excursion of it, you know. 
Um, and what a couple of things that they pulled out, they pulled out like artwork and um, you know a lot of other um, um, luxurious things mm-hmm. with it. Um, but they pulled out some grape seeds as well. So back in the back in you know uh, medieval Italy, you know you, if you were Renaissance. wealth Renaissance, yes, Ooh. thank you. It was the Renaissance. It wasn't medieval. You, it was thank you. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Um, no, you're right. You're correct. Thank you for correcting me. Um, <laughs> um, this kind of smells hoppy. Uh, yeah, mm. I guess. Like I guess earthy, a bit. hoppy. Yeah, it's super earthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a turned soil almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So you were you were buried with your wealth. You were buried with sure. things, like much like the Egyptians were. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have a very empty casket, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. You're the Italian. Dude, I'm Irish. I get an empty six-pack every That's time right. a pair passes away. <laughs> a smack on the rear saying good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so what they did is they found out um, off of one of the paintings that they found in the tombs what these grapes were. And they were able to re-inoculate them. And they were um, they were lost varietals um, from from Tuscany, and wow. um, Fogliatonda is the grape we're drinking. This is a lost varietal. It was wiped out with the Phloxfra epidemic um, because you guys aren't wine guys. I'll, I'll kind of mm-hmm. you know give you some insight on Phloxfra. It was in the mid 1800s. It was a, uh, a little bug from the uh, basically United States traveled on a boat, made it over to Europe, and just devastated all the vineyards. We ruin everything. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's our fault. It really yeah. is our fault. The weird part about the phylloxera situation is the Americans destroyed all of the vineyards in France, uh, in Europe. Right. But then we're also responsible for saving them. Right. Mm. Yeah. They, in a weird way. They grafted our rootstock onto, um, oh, okay. onto their grapes. And, and, um, and basically what happened is the, uh, the phylloxera was not able to destroy American rootstock um, because it's a, you know, it's not an invasive species. Sure. It's, it's just a pest, essentially, in the vineyards, you know. So uh, we, we did save a lot of the vineyards, but things like Fogliatonda, Pugnatello, uh, um, and Barcelina. Right? Barcelina. Is that how you say it? Barcelina? Barcelina. Okay. Barcelina. Technically, They're, this is not Fogliatonda, by the way. It's Folia. Is it? Yeah, the Folia. G is right. silent. All right. Folia. I told you there would be a moment. Here. What percentage well, is this? 100%. Oh, 100% foliatonda. Yes. Not ABV. You're asking ABV. Yeah, oh, yeah what's ABV? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was like, like, well, <laughs> well, then. The AB, I'm going to well, slow down. <laughs> what's, your, what's your guess? I'd probably say 14.5. I was going to say 11. Ah, interesting. You're about in right in between. It's yeah, thirteen and a half. So yeah. it's not a. It's not Crush big. It. That's no, why yeah. we're business partners. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Well, you've gotten a taste of how we operate here yeah. too. Yeah. So what the University of Florence did once they once they got these things growing, they found um, about five different wineries that um, that the terroir was right for you know to re uh, to reintroduce these into into mm. the uh, Tuscan landscape. Sure. Jeez. So there's about five wineries right now that grow uh, Fogliatonda, and this is one of them. That's awesome. And it hasn't been drank since um, the mid-1800s, at the very least. That's, That's incredible. It's And how much is this? This, this is about well, yeah. 75 bucks. Five bucks yeah. With that story. Ballpark, yeah. 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 They, do, awesome. they produce other wines that there's blends in it, like so they have Pugnatella and uh, Fogliatonda. Right that time. You got Fogliatonda. <laughs> 
um, in, into the into the blend with Sangiovese. It's it's called Imprimis, and then that one retails for uh, thirty bucks. Oh, okay. So you know, that's a great You, one, you yeah. could get into it without yeah. like getting that into sure. it. Sure. Well, yeah. this goes back to what we were saying to you earlier about like you know we can't survive selling stuff like mm-hmm. this. Like it's great to have. Sure. Um, and it's a great talking point. It's but we cool. we're like as an importer, we we're buying like ten cases. Right. You know. Um, along with their their Chianti, which is like mm-hmm. our you know that's the stuff we the really sell. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, the yeah. Chianti yeah. Reserva is fantastic. Oh, yeah, at right. like what twenty bucks for the Chianti? Yeah, twenty two. Twenty like twenty that. bucks now. It's yeah. really fantastic. These guys are producing organically. They use some biodynamic stuff too. But um, but these single varietals from the Renaissance are really out there. They're they're great. That's cool. I love that they brought it back, and it's just hysterical to think about from the time frame standpoint Mm -hmm. of 1800s and our country formed in 1700s, and these people were like, "Yeah, we we've been making wine since like 1412." It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, and it's just it puts everything in in a perspective where an old home for us is you know 18 1900s and they're just laughing they're like oh nice new build (laughs) (laughs) well guys thank you so much for everything i mean this is this is a treat this the charcuterie spread all the wines everything is just fantastic yeah thank you thank you this has been great everybody go check them out again when you go to the liquor store if you see anything that you liked here Look on the back of the label, see if their logo is on it because it is going to be a good wine. You can guarantee it. I Even Mike a, and I, I can wanna, guarantee I it. Have, now. We have something to give you guys. Though. What? Yeah. yeah. Wait, two things. Wait. What are you talking about? Yeah, pull them out of that bag over there. I was going to say, we can do a round two because I know that there's like a gajillion things that we have yet to talk about oh, yeah. too. Oh, round sure. Two yeah, is yeah, yeah. Round two is great. But you have to go home with something. And I know you're both whiskey drinkers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the one thing that is not technically wine. But falls into the from an import standpoint, wine category is vermouth. And, oh, okay. and you guys are gonna walk home with each oh, one of these. Thank you so these much. Are, oh uh, my god! This is so sweet. when you guys make your Manhattans, um, let us know what you think of that. Sure. This is a very small producer who's doing uh, um, like artisanal uh, vermouth from uh, uh, Torino, Italy. Italy. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, here, Italian vermouth. You guys are barbecuers, right? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Here's a... Here, what is going on? Here's a couple barbecue on? aprons. You have to cut <laughs> all this out, Derek. You can't <laughs> let this go live. This is so cool. <laughs> know, you guys are so now Plosner ambassadors. Wait, can we cut this out? Wait, we got. Do we have to redo anything to, like... To <laughs> no, you're fine. This is, this, no. I mean, we're just going to sit no. here and keep drinking and Jesus eating, so it's, yeah. it's fine. This is so cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. goodness. My pleasure. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for having us it's been fun. Can you plug your website one more time so people can know where to find you? Cuveimports.com. C-U-V-E-E imports.com. Awesome. We're also on the Facebook and the Instagram. <laughs> there you at go. Cuve Imports. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, we have a Twitter handle, which we won't talk about because we, we don't, don't really use it. Yeah, we yet. don't use it. Yeah. We don't either. We have a YouTube channel that, you know, I think we have... A- Two followers. <laughs> it's impressive, isn't well, it? Well, we don't. Well, we, we don't have content. We don't have. We're much lacking in content. If you do want to go see some of the stuff we were doing during uh, we, during COVID, you could go on there. We have like interviews with uh, phone interviews. With, what we lack with in content, we excel in character. Right? Is that? That's. Okay. Sure, I like that. That's good. Sure. Cool. Cheers, guys. Right, Thank cheers. you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you all. Cheers. Thank you.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.